0: Today was one of those days where I just kind of woke up in all sorts of aches and pains. Any of you ever wake up that way? Well, yesterday we were at, uh, they call it the Northwest's largest garage sale. And so I had this heavy typewriter in one hand, some other stuff in this other hand. And then my wife goes, hey, I have this giant crock. Could you take to the car for me? And so I was like, all trying to carry it like this, and and I'm trying to keep it from falling because I'd be in trouble if it busted and uh, hit the pavement. And we were on the far end of the parking lot, and um, she did offer for me to have use a stroller. I should have did that, so it was all my fault. Um, but I was carrying, it and it was it was hurting, but I felt I feel it more this morning. This morning I feel it a lot more. Daniel chapter 1. In verse 1, it says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashmanis, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the prince's children, in whom was no blemish, but well favored, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science. And such as had ability to them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. See that, children? It's talking about children here. And how children, how they could be of a sort where there's no blemish. Okay? Now, none of us are without sin. But where overall their character was wonderful. It was great. But like it says they were well favored and skillful in wisdom. And cunning in knowledge and understanding science. You know, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so if we're going to have a good foundation in our knowledge of our wisdom, we must have a healthy respect and fear for God. But you know what all else you need to do? Just do your schoolwork. (laughs) Work hard at your school. You know, these people understood science. They were very intelligent in the knowledge that they had. And they were so knowledgeable, they were like, these people could learn another language. Now, I'm not that knowledgeable, so we wouldn't be talking about me there. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. So nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah: Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Anybody know who those four are? Probably know who Daniel is right away, but you maybe don't remember the other names. But this is where their names have been changed by these, this pagan government. He goes unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Azariah. Uh, Let's see, or to Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel in your favor and tender love of the prince of the eunuchs. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, is praying Lord, that you'd be with your word, um, as we know you are. Um, we... we Um, Thank you, Lord, for your word that you've magnified. And may your word accomplish as you please today. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) We just had one child, second one on the way. Uh, My wife and I went with some friends on a boating trip. Um, tour the Puget Sound to uh, um, really kind of go where the Illinois is, where the water comes in, and my um, friends, they had a nice boat, um, and it was a pretty, it was a nice day out, but it was kind of chilly, a little bit chilly. Um, sunny, but chilly. It's kind of weird how you t- use the word chilly. When you're talking about weather, it means cold, but when you're talking about food, it means hot. It's kind of ironic. I don't, I don't understand it. If you, if you guys ever figure that one out, you guys let me know, because I haven't figured it out yet. But anyways, we were enjoying um, this. And you know, it was beautiful, too. We were able to see Mount Rainier. And in the city of Seattle, you see the tall buildings. And then Mount Rainier is just right in the background. It was gorgeous. You know, you see what the intelligence that God gave man to make in the buildings? But then you see God's own creation itself. And how much more magnificent it was and larger it was than the city of Seattle. Well, Greg, he wanted to um, um, kind of t- um, take us to the land. And, uh, and so he said, you know, I'll take a couple at a time. You know, we'll um, go. and set. There wasn't a spot for the bigger boat to go to the land. There wasn't a dock. So he says, we'll get in the lifeboat and go over there. And it was a very small lifeboat. And I was like, I'll stay on, I'll stay on this boat. Watch um, Solomon at the time. He was just a, just a baby. And so my wife and his wife gets in the lifeboat with him. And then once they got in, it was like the boat just psh, sunk. Okay? Now, it was, it was just, it was still above the water. But just barely. And then my wife was like, Is this going to be safe? Is this going to be safe? It looks like we're getting kind of low to the water. Like, oh, quit panicking. This is it. You know what? We've never sunk in, in this water. Now you know where this is going. And so he rubs that engine up or motor, whatever you call it, on the boat, okay? And then he revs it up, and 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 then it just went under a little bit, and some water crept in. And then all of a sudden, the woman stood up and that pushed the boat under. That that reaction of that force. And it was cold, they tell me. I was glad I stayed on the boat. I was on the lifeboat. They were on the dead boat. <laughs> And, they, and, they, and first, and, and and then he tells them, "Sit back down." And they sit down, and then the water's just up to them. And he's just telling them, "Just stay, stay there." And then, um, and then finally he's like, "All right, forget it. Um, get out, swim to the boat." And then they, and then they come to the, um, come to the boat, and and um, I help them get up. Um, at first, like my wife is like, "Oh, come, come get me." It's like I'm not jumping in there. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. She didn't say that say that. I was with the kid and, and um they needed help. I'm um, being brought up. And so, so it was a no um point no point um was where we were at and the water was cold, they were all wet. You know, I'm the type I hate it if just my shoes and socks get wet and they're like that all day long. Like if you go hiking and they're just wet. It's just miserable to me. I can't imagine just having cold Wet clothes all over. But you know what? For all that, they weren't complaining. They weren't whining. They had a good spirit about themselves. You know, they were laughing about it. Now, Greg, on the other hand, inside, he was probably like thinking, Man, now I got salt water in my motor. This is going to take um, more cleaning. And we're going to talk about Daniel, about his spirit, his attitude. Um, ...that he had in life. You know, sometimes we make the mistake of... ...and think of the book of Daniel... as a bunch of children's stories... ...but we need to remember it is actual history... ...and inspired scripture for our learning. It's not just the children's stories. It's for all of us. Um, and, and Daniel is real deep, real rich... Um, ...in his theology. Well, you have Daniel and his three friends... Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. They had some troublesome and intense times that they were going to face. As teenagers, they were taken captive as slaves by Nebuchadnezzar. She's trying to put yourself in their shoes. that You know, you're with your family, and then all of a sudden, Babylon, they come in, the Assyrians... Um, they come and they attack you. I mean, you know, this one reason, okay, again, that Jonah didn't want to go preach to the Assyrians. Okay, he knew how evil, he knew how wicked they were, and he knew God was a gracious God, a merciful God. But anyways, they're taking these teenagers captive to go be slaves, and they're wanting to take the the best of the children, where they could brainwash them, where, where, they, where they could control their minds. And so they attended the Babylonian brainwashing school um, for about three years. And then they have their names changed. They're trying to give them a complete new identity. You know, sometimes people may think, oh, what's the big deal? I changed my name when I got older. Some people do that. Well, you know, what? that was your choice. You changed your name But this was names that was being forced upon them. They wanted them to basically forget their old heritage. And they wanted to give them a new name, a new identity. And their new names were very insulting. You know, these no doubt come from families that serve Jehovah God. That um, worship the one true God. And then we see that Daniel, whose name means God is just. That God is judge. That Jehovah God is the supreme judge. And then his name is changed to Belshazzar. You know what that means? Worshipper of Baal. What an insult. That he had a name. A wonderful name. that, That meant that God is judge. To then now being called a worshipper of Baal. A false god. Hananiah means the Lord is gracious. And his name is changed to Shadrach, which means illumined by the sun god. The sun god demon. One another insult. Mishael, which means who is like God. That he tries to walk as God is. Changed to Meshach, which means who is like Ishtar. The goddess of fertility. Azariah meant, The Lord is my help. And his name changed to Abednego, which means the slave of Nabu, the god of wisdom and education. And so this is a big deal that they're getting their names changed away from one that would recognize a worship of the one true God to then being changed. To basically say that they are followers of these false gods. Now that's just on the surface. Because we see internally, their minds, their attitudes, their hearts did not depart from the one and true living God. We see that their convictions are tried. You know what's interesting to see sometimes? I say interesting, but it's really not interesting, okay? It's just kind of... It's a bummer to see... But you see Christians that will have strong, solid convictions based upon Bible principles and Bible commands. And then when they start being around other Christians that don't have those standards, don't have those convictions, they kind of throw them away. Which shows that they were just having those convictions to please man. And that's not why we have convictions. We're to have our convictions because we see it from the Word of God. We're instructed from God's Word how how we're to live. These men, they were being challenged in their convictions. They were told to drink wine. They weren't drinking wine before. They were told to eat meat that was either considered unclean Or that it was offered unto idols. You think about it, they're taken as slaves. Okay? This is the only way they're gonna get their food is if they eat this meat and drink this wine. And yet what we end up seeing, they refuse. And and we see with Daniel that you know what he tries to have a positive attitude about it. You know what he doesn't just try to be like I'm just gonna be a rebel with a cause. No, you know what, he, try, he talks with tat, and um, he, he, he talks carefully, and he kind of asks him, you know what, um, could, could we have this diet? You know what, could, could we prove it to you, that you know what, this diet will make us healthier, where we could be better servants. But they get their convictions tried, and yet they stood by their convictions. Then they end up under a threat of death, if no one could give an interpretation to Nebuchadnezzar's dream. See in the Bible that Daniel ends up giving the interpretation of the dream. The king made Daniel a great man, gave many great gifts, made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. And then Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. So first, these people taken as slaves, but then they are lifted up where they're really of people of great prominence. And then comes the next task or the next conviction that was to be tried, and that all the people were told to bow down to the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar, this huge image. Bible says, "Whoso followeth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace." Doesn't sound like fun at all. Be easy to say, "Hey, you know what? I'll just bow down with my body, but inside I won't really worship." Nope, that's not what they demon did. They refused to bow down. And you imagine thousands of slaves. And then you have these other people that were given good prominence. And these are the ones that don't bow down. They end up sticking out. And so then they end up getting thrown into the fiery furnace. And so the message was bow or burn. The image of gold of Nebuchadnezzar's image stood 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. It's been estimated by some calculations that the amount of money today it would have cost to build that of solid gold would have been $2,315,000,000. It's a grand image. You know, the men turn. The boys of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah to the king. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Go ahead and turn to Daniel 3. Daniel 3, verse 16. This is their response to the king. O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. You know what it is? I mean, you know what? This isn't something we're fretting about. We are not struggling on what are we going to say to the king? Now remember, they were one. to choose people that knew how to stand in the presence of the king. And you know what? They're seeing that ability played right before them. They said, we are not careful to answer thee of this matter. You know, we're not... Fearful, we are not trembling at this, so to speak. He says, if it be so, our God whom we serve, okay, not serving the false gods, not, not serving the gods that their new names identify with, but he says, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. You know what, that would be basically kind of, to the king, that would be kind of like, Cause it and raise. Oh, really? You know what? Your God who I don't even believe in. He's going to protect you? All right, we're throwing you in the fire now. You know, we're going to make it seven times hotter. He goes, but God in whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not... Be it known unto thee, O King, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Man, their convictions are being tried. But they stood strong through it. These are young men. we upper teenage years around now. Maybe maybe early 20s, maybe. But these are young men. And they're standing up. And they're realizing that God can. God can deliver us. And they had the faith that God would deliver them. But they were, had the mindset, even if God doesn't, we're still not going to worship your gods. We're still not going to bow down to your image. You know what? God, He can choose to do what He wants. He can deliver us. Or he could choose not to, but we're not going to bow down to these false gods. And they we see they're thrown into the fiery furnace, and then they see the people see that you know it was so hot that they were able to see the silhouettes of their bodies in the fiery furnace. And then the king walks and he's like. There's a fourth man in here. Where'd that man come from? And it is like unto the Son of God. A Christophany. A pre-incarnation of Jesus Christ. That even this pagan king recognized that there was a fourth in there, like unto the Son of God. Well, you notice too, a lot of the new versions, they change it to Son of God's you know what the Hebrews say? It's the Son of God. And so go ahead and turn to Daniel chapter 5. Daniel 5, in verse 16. It says, And I have heard of thee that thou canst make um, interpretations and dissolve doubts. Now if thou canst read the writing and make known to me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about thy neck and shall be the third ruler in the king, kingdom. Okay, this is after Nebuchadnezzar. This is his son that is now the king. And he has this trouble and dream. And he heard that Daniel could give interpretation. So he asked for it. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself and give thy rewards to another yet I will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. O thou king, the most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he he would, he slew. And whom he would he kept alive, and whom he would he set up, and whom he would he put down. But when his heart was lifted up, and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beasts, and his dwelling was with the wild asses, they fed him with grass like oxen. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till we he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men, and that he appointed over it whomsoever he will. And thou his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords, thy wives, and thy concubines, have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, and of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know, and the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified." Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the writing that was written. Mean, mean, Tikal, you farsen. Okay, so here, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, he's ruling in pride, and Daniel points out to him that you know what, your father, the reason he was able to have the kingdom that he had was only because the sovereign God enabled that to happen. But then when he became haughty, that he became as a wild beast, an animal, eating with the ox. And then it wasn't until he realized and recognized, wow, there is a God that rules in the affairs of mankind when he was put back in his kingdom. And so Daniel was telling his son this, you know, you know all this, you've seen it happen. But yet your heart is naughty. It is filled with pride. It is filled with arrogance. You think you are the chief of chiefs? You worship these false gods, things made out of things that God created, and you're worshiping that, the creature, more than the creator. And so Daniel gives uh, gives him the interpretation of the thing, he says mean means God have numbered thy kingdom and finish it. Then you know what? The sovereign God. He already has your kingdom numbered, and you know what? It's finished. Your numbers are up. Tikil means thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. That he is found lacking in the balances. Pyrrhus, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. And that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain, and Darius the Median took the kingdom, um, being about three score and two years old. You hear, Daniel, he's lifted up again to be the third and the ruler in the kingdom under the sun. The sun's probably thinking, if I give him all these things, these things won't come to pass. But no, God is not mocked. And what came came to pass, what was told to come to pass, came to pass. That the Medes and the Persians, that be Iran, um, came and took over the Assyrians in Babylon. So now, Daniel, he's already been for a while. So so has the other three men. But now he is taken captive by another nation. So the process is starting all over again. You know, When you think your life is hard, man, look at the life of Daniel. We look at him and we're like, wow, look at this great hero of the faith. Man, look what he has gone through as a boy, and then as a young man. And you know what? It doesn't end there. Daniel chapter 6. And we see the prisoners and the princes rise against Daniel. Okay? First we see a pleased to set over the kingdom in 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first. That the princes might give accounts unto them and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because, why? An excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. And so here's a man that's been going through heartache after heartache. But he keeps on rising to the top. And the reason. It's because one, you know what, God rules in the affairs of man. But secondly, we see because Daniel had an excellent spirit in him. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, "'We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, "'except we find it against him concerning the law of his God.' Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, "'King Darius, live forever. "'All the presidents of the kingdom, "'the governors and the princes, "'the counselors and the captains "'have consulted together to establish a royal statute.' And you make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which alter of not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so he wasn't ignorant of this. Daniel heard. He was well aware that a law was passed. That you, you couldn't worship or pray to any other God. He goes, When Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day, and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. Now, he wasn't doing this to make a show. He wasn't trying to go, oh, you know what, look at me, I'm still going to do it. No, he's doing it, because it says, he's always done that. This is what he did aforetime. He went in three times a day, kneeled down, and prayed. And it was looking toward his home, where he came from. While he was away in a pagan nation, Daniel had an excellent spirit. Through tragedy, through hardship, temptations, through trials, he kept an excellent spirit. Even when others rose against Him. You know, as Psalms 2.2 says, The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against His anointed. You know, a specific prophecy applied uh, uh, in application to Jesus Christ. But well, we see that over and over again to any of really God's messengers. That you know what? That the kings of the earth set themselves against them. Against God's people. You know what? Daniel was without fault in his business dealings. He was faithful to the king who was over him and those under him. And he simply prayed three times a day as he did it four times. Willing to obey God rather than man. He was not willing to compromise. He stood strong. You know, a lot of times people say the way we need to reach people is we need to compromise. We need to yoke up with the world if we are going to reach the world. But no, if I was going to help my wife and the other lady get out of the water, the answer wasn't me jumping in there with them. Okay, they knew how to swim. Okay, if it was a child, I would go get them. Okay, that'd be a different illustration. Though, okay, but you know the way I was able to help them best because the boat was kind of high from the water where where you're able to grab on. I stayed up and help them up. I wouldn't have been able to help them if I tried to get in the water and tried to push them up. You know, a compromise with the world is not going to help us reach the world. Rather, it is going to help the world reach the church and bring the church down. See, Daniel ends up being thrown into the lion's den. Imagine all that. What would your spirit be like Would it be provoked to anger? To be depressed? To feel lonely? Everyone the world is setting themselves against you? Give up on God? To have the mindset that Christian life is just too hard? What was the secret of Daniel's success? When we know he served the one and true living God faithfully, we see that he had an excellent spirit. It was purpose in his heart that, you know what, his mind would be at ease because his mind was set on the Lord. You know what we see in Isaiah about those that have great peace um, are those that have their mind fixed upon the Lord, trusting in him. Daniel 6 3 says he was preferred because he had an excellent spirit. Excellent, meaning being of great virtue, of worth, friendly, and pleasant. Daniel and his friends could have rationalized their hardships. They could have been like the king had ordered it, it's the law. You know, that's how some Christians respond to some of these different laws that are passing. And then, what is now? California is voting on a bill to ban Christian books. That talk about transgenderism or gender identity. They're wanting to pass a law that outlaws Christian books on the subject. It's not just against the Bible, that's against the United States founding document. Come on, of the freedom of speech. They're, drunk, they're attacking both. And their main reason is because they wanna they just wanna promote. The sexual immorality. But you know what some Christians in California will do if that passes? They'll be like, okay, I guess it's a subject we don't deal with, we don't talk about anymore. Well, I don't remember who it was, but one of the preachers spoke about how, you know, many times we want to avoid controversy, we don't want to deal with the issues of the day, and then this preacher says that, no, he goes, when that's the battle that's at the forefront, that's the battle we need to engage in. And now, granted, you know, we do need to be careful that we don't get sidetracked on issues where we omit the gospel. But the gospel, um, with the gospel, we are to stand for the entire thing of of our faith, um, of the Word of God. Some Christians would rationalize, go, the king ordered it, it's the law. No, it doesn't matter if it's the law, okay? okay, you know, what? we're not going to have some transgender going into our restrooms, Okay? We're, we're, we're going to stand about that. You know what, if, if we get sued, you know what, so be it. Yeah, you know what, our insurance be exhausted, you know what, so be it. We are going to stand with what the Word of God says. And this will even be recorded. You know what, the government could go listen to it if they want to. Okay? Okay? But to disobey might bring severe punishment. You know, when those punishments come, that's where you could, sometimes people come, they start second-guessing themselves. But not Daniel. We see Daniel stood strong. He had an excellent uh, spirit. You know Daniel and his friends could have said, you know what? It might spoil our chances of advancement if we make a big deal out of this. That's not how they responded. Some would respond when in Babylon, simply do as the natives do. You know what? You're, you're not going to stick out. When in Persia, simply blend in and do likewise. They could have thought they were a long way from home and no one would ever know. You know that's how some people's attitude is when they go to Las Vegas and um, involve in an immorality and gambling. Right. Hey, you know what? Nobody's ever going to know anyways. It's kind of funny how sometimes God will bring someone you know to just random times sometimes, but They could have thought God had failed us in allowing us to be captured. So all these ways, they could have had a downcast spirit. But they didn't. They stayed faithful to the Lord with an excellent spirit in the hardest of times. Ezekiel mentions the righteousness of Noah, Daniel, and Job in the same sentence. Perhaps it was because they all had an excellent spirit. You know Noah was to build an ark, and yet he was mocked by society. Job lost his wealth, his health. His wife even serve as a source of discouragement telling him to curse God. And you know what, Job's response was like, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. You know what, God's sovereign, he can do what he wants, but I'm going to trust in him. A Muslim convert to Christianity he so said, they have burned our house. They burn my wife's clothes. But they cannot burn Jesus from our hearts. You know, it's kind of convicting in looking at, all, looking at these scriptures, thinking on these thoughts. What is often wrong with our spirit when we have so much comfort in our lives? That we have so many blessings. Every one of us has a home that we live in. As of right now, you're not, as far as I know, no one's under threat that your house is going to go get burned down or you're going to be taken into slavery. Now, of course, all those things can happen. You know, we all know when those kind of things could happen. But none of those things are happening. Some of you may have some health issues, Um, there may be that. But any be thankful for the doctors that you have and stuff like that. we see in Daniel's life and the other three men hardship after hardship And yet they had a joy They had an excellent spirit And then we, in our own comfort, sometimes get downcast and think, man, I don't have it better than someone else. Or I don't have the house I would like to get. Or I don't have the car that I want. Even though we have another one. And we could get all discouraged about these things. When that happens, you know, we're all flesh, we're all human, it can happen. But well, you know, try and lift yourselves up and you know what? Model these men. Daniel, having an excellent spirit. You know, as Jesus, the Bible says, you know what? Walk even as he walked, walk with Christ. Have an excellent spirit in your marriage relationship. You know, don't react to one another, but be proactive in your relationship. You know when my wife and Sabrina, the other lady, they stood up in that boat, boat went under. Reactions usually never help a cause. And when you react in a discussion, in an argument, it's not going to help. Proverbs 14, 20, or seventeen twenty seven says, He that have knowledge, spirit of his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. The you know, wise man, he's going to spare his words. He's going to know, okay, now is not the time to say that. You know, you could stop it when it's in your thoughts. You know, if your wife's looking at you, she might have already seen it in your eyes. But, you know, don't utter the words out. Okay? Just say, I have sinned and I'm forsaking it before it comes out my mouth. They have an excellent spirit with children. Proverbs 14, 29 says, He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit is salt of folly." You know, in our parenting, you know, we want to make sure we have an excellent spirit when we're around our children. Not to provoke unto wrath and um, discouragement. You know, we need to make sure that on the job. That we have in that sowing spirit. The politics at work. As bad as they may be. Don't let that get your spirit down. You know I know you know. when uh, In Bremerton. You know what people that were talking about. At like this shipyard. That you know what. that the, the Sometimes the young men that that weren't working. They would always get the advancements. That us older men. we just We just. They don't care about us anymore. Whether that is so or not, having that kind of spirit is not going to help you get promoted in the first place. And we need to understand that again, that God, He rules in the affairs of man and He could give the promotion or decline the promotion. So our job is simply to have an excellent spirit regardless of the circumstances at work. Doesn't mean you agree with everything that's maybe happening there but you can have an excellent spirit throughout it. Through advancement, through prosperity, instead of being prideful, be thankful when you lose your job. Be thankful you still have the same God that could give you another one through trials. And you know, as I mentioned earlier, it was amazing seeing Mount Rainier and seeing Seattle in front of it. You know, the Bible says, Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket. And are counted as the small dust. The nations are as a drop of a bucket. And are counted as the small dust. In God's eyes. That's what it's like. You know what the nations? It's just as a drop in a bucket to God. You know, let's have an excellent spirit in church. You know, the best thing you could bring to a meeting, business meeting even in church... It's not your ideas, but it's an excellent spirit. You know, when everybody asks excellent spirit, you know, even if there could be disagreements about some things, having an excellent spirit will go a long way. The Bible says, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Daniel 2, 27. We see that Daniel, in his excellence of a spirit, having an excellent spirit, he had humility. Daniel 2, verse 27. Says Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king have demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that reveal of secrets, and make of known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. And he goes on. Daniel was successful because he had an excellent spirit. Because he had a spirit of humility. He always gave God the glory. He never tried to promote himself. And we see God lifted him up even to the point of receiving worship. Now we know we're not to worship anything else but God. But there are times where we see that God lifts men up where others worship them. Not that the worship is condoned. But it's just that God lifts them up in a high prominence. In 246, then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshiped Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. And we see in Daniel's attitude was always like, oh, you keep these to yourself. You know, it's not me, it's God that reveals the secrets. Daniel six twenty four. The men that conspired against Daniel, they're the ones that got punished. Let the testimony of Christ shine through you. Daniel six verse twenty four says, and the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them their children and their wives, and The lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces Or ever they came in the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom that shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who have delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius, and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. See, had the testimony of Christ was so shining through Daniel. that That the king was able to see, finally, that there is a God in heaven. That He does rule and reign. And that to His kingdom, there will be no end. It would go on and on. Let the testimony of His Lord shine through Him. When you're in tragedy, when you're in hardships... When you're in any type of situation that would just make someone fell down, but you have an excellent spirit in you through the power of the Holy Spirit, you could really shine and make an influence in this world for good, for the cause of Christ. You know, sometimes someone seen say someone gets fired from their job because on break they shared their faith with someone else. They get fired from it, and they just they leave the job, have a good spirit, good attitude, and the people see it. That could make a difference. Daniel six um, verse twenty three, we see. Then was the king exceeding glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him. Okay, why? says, because he believed in his God. Faith. He believed in his God. That's why the lions didn't devour him. Because he believed in his God. And so when you're in down times, hard times, and when you're having great times, wonderful times, remember to believe in God and to have an excellent spirit. Live like a Christian with an excellent spirit. Don't try to find loopholes in the Bible to find a way to live the way you want. Follow the direct commands of God's word and its intent. You know what? When my wife and Sabrina and Greg got in that boat, it said a minimum of three or a maximum of three people. So, in a way, you know, it looks like okay, it should work. But they didn't pay attention to the other part that said a maximum weight. And the three adults were over that weight. So you know, what? let's not try to find loopholes in our life. Let's not try to find loopholes. Or like, you know, what? oh, if I just look at this inappropriate thing, but I don't do anything, it's okay. No, Jesus said, he that looks upon a woman to lust after a coming of adultery in his heart. Yeah, okay, you know, what? don't try to find loopholes. They're not there as much as we want to imagine them in our mind. Don't justify a bad attitude, a bad spirit. Have an excellent spirit, even in the midst of a crooked world. That's all against us. Psalm 51.10, will close with this. The psalmist says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Let's just go ahead and bow our heads, eyes closed. Just ask God. Renew a right spirit in you. Maybe you've already been having the right spirit. That's wonderful. Ask God, Lord, keep me with that spirit. Help me improve to have an excellent spirit. Help me shine forth Jesus to the people around us. People around me in our communities, schools, leaderships around them, our governments. Let us have a godly testimony. Let's have, when we're going through those hard times, have that excellent spirit. See, God blessed Daniel. He gave favor to man for Daniel because he had an excellent spirit. And he believed in his God. So two things take away this morning. Be determined to have an excellent spirit. And to have your faith in God. to believe in Him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank You, Lord, for the day today. And we just thank You, Lord, for the time of fellowship we're going to be able to enjoy. And the food um, that's been prepared. And we just pray, Lord, that You would bless the food. Nourish our bodies, and um, that we'd have a good time of fellowship, and help us, Lord. Help me to have an excellent spirit. Help me to grow in grace, to grow in my belief in my God. Some man says, "It's times help thou my, I, Lord. I believe. Help thou my none Lord." If there's any in here. Amen. They want to believe, but they also have that unbelief. Lord, help them. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.